Our scripture lesson this morning is from Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25, and I'll be reading out of the Common English Bible. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? And he responded, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your being, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We're number one. We're, oh. Good morning, folks. I'm glad you're here with us for worship this morning at Ovilla United Methodist Church. My name is Steve Hyduke. I'm a pastor here. Um, I'm glad you're with us wherever it is you are and whenever it is that you are, because you might not even be watching this Sunday morning live. So whenever you're here, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you will sense God's presence and hear something from God during this service that will help you love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, would you please pray with me? Good and great God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight because you... God, are our strength and our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> Sorry, I almost cleared my throat during the prayer, in which case you might have thought, does he think God's not listening or something? Uh, that, that's not really the only reason that I ever clear my throat. So we start a new sermon series this week for, th this for today and two more weeks. Dead one live. I'd say, can we go back and cut that out? For today and two more weeks, for three weeks total, we're doing putting God first. So get your foam number one fingers out and wear them and wave them. Send us a, a picture of you with your foam number one finger on it because putting God first is our theme. And I kind of chose that as our theme for a variety of reasons. It's a, it's a positive way of saying something that I had been thinking of kind of in a negative sense. And because this, putting God first might be the one phrase that we can all agree on. I mean, I've got some practice over the last couple of years of spending time um, at monthly meetings with Christian and Jewish and Muslim men. And we could even share with all of that group the idea of putting God first and the value of putting God first. So it's a great place to start where we all agree, right? Because in our world today, it's hard to find something that everybody can agree on. I'm not saying everybody agrees on putting God first, but all of us who follow Jesus and who believe in God can agree that putting God first is important. The challenge is identifying what we mean when we use those three little words, putting God first. What, what does it mean? Does it mean following all 613 of the commandments in the Old Testament? Does it mean following Jesus' commandments? Does it mean um, giving God the first tenth of everything that we have? Because that's a clear biblical message. Does it mean loving our enemies and praying for our enemies? Does it mean 
Um, giving all that we have away and giving the money to the poor? What does it mean to put God first? We're, we're going to spend three weeks looking at what it means to put God first. And as I was ruminating on how to start this earlier this week, everything around me, everything that I was taking in was coming in through the, the filter of putting God first. And I heard the story of Wafa Bilal, and I thought, this is where I have to start this story about putting God first. Because you've heard of Wafa Bilal, right? He's a performance artist. He's an Iraqi-American performance artist. And he did this 30-day experience that as I heard this story, I thought, that's where we have to start to talk about putting God first. Wafa Bilal was born and raised in Iraq and left there because he dissented against the government and wasn't welcome there anymore, but also because his brother had been killed by a drone in an explosion. And so Wafa finds his way eventually to the United States and sets up this 30-day experience as he's pondering what it felt like to have his brother taken away from him by a drone that he came to learn was piloted by somebody that was thousands of miles away. And he got to thinking how much easier it is for us as people to do things to people that are dis so distanced from us that they're kind of dehumanized and how distance or time or any variety of other factors can dehumanize others for us. And so he set up this performance experience. He organized with a museum that he would seal himself in a room for 30 days and that it would be live streamed on the web constantly for 30 days. And he, he um, set up a paintball gun that anybody on the anywhere with internet connection could fire paintball uh, bullets at him or anything in the room, and they were yellow bullets. So you can look up Wafa Bilal and look up his performance art experiment with yellow paint and how frustrating it was sometimes during the 30 days that he was just pelted with paintballs because if you're just seeing an image on a camera, right, the, the person that you see on the camera doesn't matter as much as if they're up close and personal with you. And so as I heard his story and how he learned and showed how easy it is for us as humans to dehumanize others, I couldn't help but think, well, we tend sometimes to feel very distant from God. So certainly we can dehumanize God, but God's not just a human. We'll talk more about that next week. But if, God, if we understand God as distant from us, and if we understand ourselves as distant from God, then it's harder for us to put God first in ways that actually matter in our lives. And also this week, to help me tie the Wafa Bilal story into putting God first, I went to the post office and I saw the Ten Commandments on the wall of the post office. And my first thought was, I wonder why the Ten Commandments are on the wall of the post office. I wonder if that helps anybody. I wonder if anybody's walked in here to get the services of the post office and seen the Ten Commandments and had an experience with God. And I don't want to question the Holy Spirit's ability to make that happen, but I tend to think that God usually works in ways other than the posting of the Ten Commandments on the wall of the post office. 
But it also made me think because it was a Christian version of the Ten Commandments. And if you don't know what I mean, the Ten Commandments were not originally given to Christians. The Ten Commandments were originally given way back here in Exodus chapter 20, and they were given to the people who were known then as God's people. We know them as the Hebrews or the Jews, and they had just been delivered from slavery in Egypt, and they were on their way to this land that God had promised to give them when God gives them the Ten Commandments. And so I said this, this display on the wall of the post office was the Christian view of the Ten Commandments because it started with, thou shalt not. And we as Christians, I've come to learn, start the commandments with thou shalt not because we tend to be oriented, I would say, in that way to a distant God, a God who barks down orders from heaven, who drops tablets down to the earth for us to all have to follow. But that's not really how the Ten Commandments started for God's people. Here's how the Ten Commandments really start for God's people. They start with verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no gods before me. Don't make an idol for yourself. No form whatsoever. Anything in the sky above or in the earth below or in the waters under the earth. And it goes on with others do not. Other do not. You shall not. Thou shalt not in the language that most of us have learned. But it's significant, I believe, for us understanding what putting God first really means for God's people to grasp and to revel in and to rejoice in knowing that putting God first comes from this realization that God put us first. That the Ten Commandments, that any expectation God has for God's people comes in response to something that God has done for us. So God gave these commands to Moses and through Moses to all of God's people who had been delivered. But it's important that we remember they have been delivered before God gives them any commandments. You remember the story doesn't start in Egypt where God says, okay, I'll give you three of the Ten Commandments now, and if you keep these all for a week, then I'll deliver you from slavery. It doesn't talk about God saying, if you will be good for 24 hours, I'll deliver you from slavery. It starts with God delivering God's people, the ones who've been enslaved from slavery. And then after they're delivered, after they're on their way to the promised land, after God has shown them incredible love and faithfulness, they're commanded to respond in kind. So our putting God first means our living in response to the God who has delivered us. How has God delivered you? I want to invite you to consider this week, maybe day by day, make a list of the ways that God has delivered you. And it's really important that we, that we spell out specific ways God has delivered us or specific things from which God has delivered us. Because we are inclined to just say in the abstract, God has delivered me from sin, which is a fabulous thing. God does deliver from sin. Which sins has God delivered you from? Because if God has delivered you from a sin, I assume it doesn't have any claim over you anymore. And it's not one that you suffer. It's not a sin you commit regularly because God has delivered you from that. So from what has God delivered you? Because I think it's only as we humanize God, as we bring God close to us, as the God who has delivered us, are we able to live as people who indeed put God first? 
Because you remember right after this happens, so God has given Moses these Ten Commandments, and they continue on with their discussion, and God tells Moses a lot of other things. And then Moses comes down the mountain, and the people have grown impatient. Back in Bible times, God's people would sometimes get impatient with God because God didn't work on their terms. I mean, they had been delivered from slavery, and God had taken them across the Red Sea as if on dry ground and swallowed up Pharaoh's army behind them. And immediately the next day, some of them start whining that they don't have food like they did back in Egypt. Some of them want to go back to their lives not delivered by God. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's not just people back then. Sometimes we feel like this following God thing, this putting God thing, first thing is hard. Can we just go back to life the way it was? And so while Moses was up on the mountain getting these commandments, the people took God into their own hands. They took the, the items of gold that they'd stolen from the Egyptians before they left Egypt, and they threw them into the fire, and out came this golden calf, this thing that they made by their own hands. So the first commandment that God says, don't make an idol for yourself, no form whatsoever, not something made from your hands, because if you and I can make it, it cannot deliver us. If you and I can own it, or buy it, or in any way possess it, it cannot deliver us the way we need to be delivered. Only God can do that. Only the God who made us in God's own image can deliver us and lead us in a way that we can live a life that actually puts God first. Which is why Julia shared that story from Luke chapter 10. In each of the, uh, the Gospels, Jesus in some way gives this message that the greatest commandments of the Old Testament are love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. But we read it from Luke because in Luke, Luke puts it in the mouth of someone who isn't Jesus. So this isn't some new revolutionary thing that Jesus is bringing. This is a fairly common understanding in Jesus' day that all the commandments of the Old Testament could be summed up with love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor. Your neighbor is somebody that doesn't live across the world from you. Your neighbor is somebody who is next door, with whom you interact, with whom you probably know their names and something about their lives and how they're struggling with or not struggling with COVID and how their kids are doing with school or not and how maybe they've lost their job with the recent downturn, or you know them, they are real to you because they're your neighbors. And it's as we love our neighbors that we express our love for God. This God who has delivered us and is in the process of delivering us. Because whatever that list that you make this week of things God has delivered you from, I want to invite you to make a second list of other things from which you'd like God to deliver you now and invite God to deliver you. And in putting God first, you're inviting God to deliver you by remembering that God put you first by hearing your cry and delivering you before asking or expecting anything from you. So we're going to spend three weeks on putting God first. And I hope for all the different ways that we use that simple phrase, putting God first, you will start with this. 
God loves you and God puts you first by offering to deliver you and get you on your way to a promised land before God asks or expects anything from you. What do you need to be delivered from today so that you can move in the direction that God is leading you? Invite God to do that and thank God for God's faithfulness and goodness for having already done so much to which God invites you to simply live in response.